Life Uncut acknowledges the traditional custodians of country whose lands were never ceded. We pay our respects to their elders past and present. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. This episode of the podcast was recorded on Gadigal land of the Eora Nation. Welcome back to another episode of Life Uncut. I'm Brittany. And I'm Laura. And this is our Ask Uncut episode where we answer your deep, your dark and all your burning questions. And holy shit, there is a lot of them because it has been five weeks since we've actually done one of these and a lot of you have had some problems. We do today have one that I I don't want to say it had been hysterics, but the aftermath did. I read the question and it got me thinking, am I the odd one out here. Am I an anomaly? Once I read no. it. No. Well, I sent it into the group chat with my no, sister you're not. Sherry. That's, and, the, that's the answer to that question. Her husband, Jay. I just put it in the group chat with no context, right? Didn't say what it was. I just put the question in and their response. And the three of us, we just couldn't stop laughing. And I, I realized that I don't think I am an anomaly, but we're going to get into that a little bit later. I feel like the question that came in, and this is not, I mean, not to shame anybody, but I also don't do what this person mm. does and what the level of expectation is. Yeah. And I'm curious as to how, I mean, it's kind of in the same vein of like, how often do you wash your bra? Well, you know what's going to end up and with a poll. We're going to poll it. us all filthy and disgusting <laughs> is, is pretty much where we're going to get to in the end. Okay, but I had a, something I want to tell you, Britt, since it's been so long since we've spent time together. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've it's now been two just, days now. <laughs> no, it hasn't. It's been like five weeks and then, yeah. Britt it came back and then we spent every single waking second together because that's what we do when we are in the same country. <laughs> but something happened to me when I was on holidays and I haven't been able to share it yet. And I just made me realize that the only person I don't have commitment issues is is with you. Yeah, because you can't. <laughs> with everyone else, but with you, it's just like 24-7. <laughs> no, like, surely there are times where you're like, I've had enough, you're smothering me. And I'm like, no, we have to spend more time. No. Here we are. Okay, so we went to we went to Byron recently. I did see that. Yes, yeah. I did share it on the socials. Oh, yes, you did. Yeah, Mum was on holidays. A lot um, of pool time, a lot of family time. Lola and Malia at that age now where they both, like they frigging love the pool more than anything in the world, right? They love getting in the ocean. They're such water babies. So they... They being COVID babies and living two and a half years of their life throughout what was COVID, they didn't have swimming lessons, right? So they started swimming lessons. It stopped. Lola's like never had a swimming lesson. They have so much confidence around the pool and zero skill, like zero. The confidence of an Olympic swimmer, the skill of a rock. Like us with Ask Uncut. Pretty much. (laughs) A lot of confidence, zero skill. (laughs) identical actually so we were standing around the pool uh like and it's a big beautiful like elements has this amazing gorgeous pool right and i'm there it's early morning people have just finished breakfast so the pool's packed like everyone's like laying out on day beds and i'm there being an instagram wanker and i was like it's so pretty i'm just gonna take a little story so i'm doing a pan i'm doing a pan right i'm doing a pan for instagram like a panorama and Lola's standing next to me. I thought Matt had his eyes on Lola, right? Because, like, normally she wears, like, a little life vest and floaties and we kid her up and throw her in the pool. And she can swim if she's got all the gear on. And if she can't swim, she just bobs around. She no. She floats around. No, if she can't swim, she falls to the bottom. What, with the floaties on? No, 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 no. She, I mean, like, what I'm saying is when she has floaties on, she floats, she floats around. She can swim yeah. fine. So this is what's led her to believe that she can swim. That's the problem, right? So anyway, I'm there doing this pan and... Lola, without me realizing, just runs straight past me and jumps into the pool at the deep end, like right in front of where I'm standing. With no floaties. No floaties. No oh my nothing. God, it's like the worst nightmare. 
No, that wasn't my worst nightmare. My worst nightmare was the fact that as she jumped, she grabbed onto my bikini bottom (laughs) and ripped it down to my ankles. So there I am with my child drowning. I'm pantless and I'm in the middle of a pan. And also, so obviously you had to finish the pan. I was like, what do I do? No, you can't stuff up. I'm in pan. I was like, I had the perfect (laughs) shot. My child's drowning. No, then I had this like... It was like the trifecta of decisions. I was like, okay, do I save my child first? Do I pull my pants up or do I just bend down? So of course- This is not the trifecta of decisions, Laura. (laughs) I don't think there's a, holy shit, do I finish the pan or do I save my child? So of course I finish the pan. No, no, no. Then I pull my pants up and then I save my child. Okay, so it was maybe not the trifecta. There was two big decisions to make. Do I bend down and pull my pants up, then save my child? Who's now like, you know, 30 centimeters under the water now, like gradually just sinking down. Or do I just go head first in and grab her out of the water? Oh, no, you head first. You moon every person at that breakfast table. Every I, person is having their croissant, you moon them. Every single person on the day bed, <laughs> I bent down and just flash. And I'm talking like, you know, when you do a little bit of a moon, like this was a full blown, I had to go beyond where my feet were because like I had to dive down into the water. Like the cheeks were parted. They saw. It was- it was they a, saw more than what my obstetrician has seen. They like, saw everything. If it was in a movie, everything would have gone silent and it would have been like, oh. <laughs> the little light shined like the out light, of my... And the light shines It was so confronting what they would have seen. Anyway, I save Lola. I pull Lucky my pants no up. no one knows who you are, though. Yeah, it's really discreet. Yeah. yeah, it was fine. Everything was so fine. Pull my pants up, save Lola. People are, like, snickering, but people are being kind of polite like no one's making a deal about the fact that they just saw my entire vulva asshole hairy butt crack like it's the whole thing well i have two questions but it's like when you see someone i don't know if you do this but if i see someone in an embarrassing moment fall over like not hurt themselves trip something whatever hit their head you laugh and you snicker, but then when they turn and make eye contact, you always pretend you didn't, you didn't see, see it. it. You look you're like, da, 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 yeah. da, da, da. you're looking away. So I'm hoping people did that, but they all saw it, right? Everybody saw it, but okay. no one said anything until the very next day. So I thought, okay, like, yeah, that's, that's wild. That's embarrassing, but like, I, I'm fine with this. The next day we're eating breakfast and this woman like beeline, like she sees me from across the room and I'm there like trying to wrangle the kids and get fucking Cocoa Pops into Mali. And I see this woman see me and I was like, oh, she looks familiar. And then I registered up. She's just familiar because she was around the pool yesterday. She beelines and she comes straight over and she goes, hi. And I was like, hi. Good morning. And she's like, are we going to get another show around the pool today? Oh, She just wanted you to know that she knew that she knew knew that she saw your butt. Yeah, she just wanted to be like, just so you know, you didn't get off scot-free and I saw it all. Uh, Thank you. But does it bother you now? Like now, like I feel nah. like at the older you get, and I imagine once you're a mom, like. So many people have seen it now. Well, it's fine. Well, not that, but like. There was like a whole football field, yeah. like a whole footy team in the room when I was giving birth to Lola. There was like 25 people. It was like the doctor came and said, oh, we've got some students who are studying. Would you like them? Do you mind if they just come in and observe? Have a feel around. And here I was thinking it would be like two, and it was literally like 24 people walked in. You couldn't even see the back of the room, was, and they were just standing there watching me give birth. It was class of 2020. Literally. <laughs> Well, this is the University of Sydney class of 2020 and we're here. They all signed it after they – anyway. So that that happened to me on my holidays. I love that for you. (laughs) But, okay, I guess the really big question here is, like, what was the maintenance like down there? Were you all natural? Was it wild, waxed, clean, shaved, prickly, growing back? Was it butt hair? Like, what level do these people see? I'm at the point now in my my self-care 
regime. Regime? Regime. Regime. Uh, I don't know. Who are you? Okay. Goes to Byron once. Hey, myself, Cam Regime. I only tend what I can see. If I can't see it, I don't what, care. Do you not, can you not see your vagina? What do you yeah, mean? Yeah, I, I only do the front. The back and the crack ain't getting their so look the in these days. Even bit. Matt says, like, when will you maintain your crack hair? And I just don't care. So what, do you plan it out? How long is it? It's as long as what it would be after five years of no maintenance. Oh. <laughs> you know the image I just got? You know in scary it's movie kind of- where they take the pants off and, and it pushes it to the roof chest like this. It's kind of like a um, a reverse mohawk, but just down my butt crack. you got a butt mullet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have a butt mullet. And I'm fine with that. If I can't see it, I don't it's, care about it. It doesn't matter. You do you. Yeah. yeah. I will continue to. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> so, okay, there was something I wanted to talk to you about, which I came across online in the last couple of days. Yeah. Now, you have no issue when it comes to flirting. I feel like oh. you have been... Why don't you just tell me what you really think, Laura? No, I feel like you're really good at it. I feel I, like you don't have do any I... reservations with flirting in the real world. I, I don't think you have any reservations with flirting online. I feel like that's quite the compliment. I'm going to take that as a compliment. But know, don't you think it's true? Like, I think like... Oh, I mean... I would struggle, and I think I used to struggle quite a bit with flirting. Flirting on text, I think I did my best work, but flirting in real life just made me awkward AF. Yeah, I mean... I think it's a skill that you develop as well because you start to learn what works and what doesn't, what hits, what lands, what doesn't land, responses. And I was doing it for so long. Like I was not a good flirter at the start. You should have like some of my oh, <laughs> some of my opening lines, like there were crickets. It, it didn't work. But I feel like I was single for so long. It's like anything, right? Practice it, makes perfect. It does. It's going to study a degree or something, right? I mean, I could teach a degree in flirting. But what I'm saying is you enter – university and you don't know anything because you've never done it tried it practiced it studied it that three years later you qualified in it i was on that i, was I on don't that think dating the flirting scene. is at, at the same caliber as oh. like oh, oh here i am to studying law, law and how to get myself it, a no, decent dick it is because yep dicking in law it goes hand in hand <laughs> sounds it's like a, university to me it's a learned trait isn't it it's a learned practice it's human psychology human nature human interactions these are learned things so yes so at the end of the day thank you i am good at flirting Okay, when you say that they learn things, yes, to some extent, but I think that some people are just more natural conversationalists than others. Like some people mm. naturally can yeah. bounce when it comes to flirting, especially in text messaging, mm-hmm. whereas other people find it more challenging. Now, there has been a lot of conversations popping up recently online about AI, mm-hmm. artificial intelligence, how they're these new websites and you can use them to basically do anything, right? You can use them to, I mean, we could probably put in, write a podcast on talking about dating and well, it would do a better job than us and we were just talking about it on this week's episode with neve shulman from catfish he was talking about ai and how you can you can even like if you guys haven't listened to that episode yet listen to it but you can even put someone else's face on your face in a video apparently and like that's how people are successfully catfishing so ai is literally taking over the world well ai has also apparently started to move into the realm of dating and flirting for anybody who finds flirting challenging there is this new ai app or it's a it's a website and it's called your move right so you can go on there and if somebody has like maybe you're in bumble or whatever and someone sent you like a cutesy little message Mm. you can use this ai to help you with your flirting Normally you would go to your girlfriends, right? And you would all conspire to kind of write a text message together if you're struggling to come up with a decent... What should I say back? What do I write? Yeah. Is this okay? Is this too many emojis? Am I coming on too strong? Is five exclamation marks too many? Do I do dot, dot, dot or no dot, dot, dot? What does dot, dot, dot mean? It's like suspense. 
I dot 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 everything. More sometimes coming. I sometimes I dot dot. <laughs> How dot are you? Dot, in dot, the dot. middle of the paragraphs, I was like, I dot 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 everywhere. Okay, yeah. we'll see. Like maybe that means something because you know you always like over unpack like well, every single message in the early days. You're like, what does it mean? Yeah. This AI, I don't know if this is going to be a good idea or not. So, but here we go. Okay, so if you have like a flirty question that comes into you, what you can do is you can type in the question into your move, and it will suggest some responses to you okay. as to the best way that you could reply flirtily all right so i'm gonna ask you something and you're gonna type it in i'm gonna what's something that like like the most common thing yeah something that people okay what about like how on earth are you still single oh <laughs> we love that because i'm a becomes, psychopath that's why because yeah. once Have you get to know me <laughs> once you get to know me you would never want to fucking date me Have that's listen, the real answer to that question to my podcast <laughs> okay so how on earth are you still single well I was focusing on my career and hadn't been in search of a relationship. But now that you've asked me, winky face. (laughs) (laughs) It gives you three options. I'm too fabulous, I guess. Winky face. Okay, I just died. (laughs) They love a wing. I take one day at a time. Plus, I'm really picky and have yet to find someone who can make me laugh more than I make myself laugh. Uh, Winky face. I just vomited in my mouth. No. (laughs) Imagine if you wrote any of this back. No. If some, if I wrote to somebody, if I wrote to a guy, how are you still single? And he wrote back, I'm too fabulous. <laughs> you feeling yourself? I would be hot out that door. Okay, okay give me, me another try. one. Okay. I want you. I want you. Mm, like, wow. You don't waste any time. Oh, wait, sorry, sorry, sorry. I missed it. It starts with a winky face. Wow. You don't waste any time. Do ya? With a YA. I'm flattered and intrigued. Exclamation mark. <laughs> So what do, <laughs> in, in quote, bunny is, you want, question mark. The next one is, oh, I want you too. Star eyes, love heart eyes. My heart skips a beat when I think of you. You make me so giddy with joy that it's hard to contain myself, exclamation mark. Big smiley face. My heart makes me giddy and skips a beat. Is that what you just said? Yeah. I wish I didn't though. What? Did you put a decade in here? Like what era are we in? Oh, I want you too. Smiley love heart face. You know, the moment I saw you, my heart skipped a beat and butterflies filled the air. Exclamation mark. When can we meet? If anybody goes to this website for dating advice, you you will be single forever. I just, it breaks my heart that these things exist and that you're being led down the garden path. Breaks your heart. Are you kidding? This is the most brilliant (laughs) content. I'm thriving. But But the butterfly thing, like who would actually, if. I'm a romantic. I'm a sucker for love. But if I said to someone, I want you, and they said, butterflies, I would probably throw my phone in the ocean. This is my favorite. Oh, hang on. I want more. Can this I- is no, I, this is one that I typed in earlier. And it just, I have a lot of feelings about this one. Imagine somebody writing to you, I think you are sexy. What would you write back to that? I think you're sexy. What's your, what would, would be your go to? I'd say you're only human. Yeah. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> I would have been more so like, I think you're but sexy then I would have too. Said, but then I would have said like, winky face. Because you have to wink. You're Do only you? human. Wink, laugh. Wink, uh-huh. wink, laugh. Exclamation mark, dot, dot, dot. Eggplant, water. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is what AI thinks would be a acceptable response. Wow. Exclamation mark. That's amazing to hear. Exclamation mark. <laughs> I'm so excited that you think I'm sexy. You must have impeccable taste winky face i couldn't help but smile after seeing your comment cheers to us and all the positive vibes this is like a bridgerton Hug. response are you having impeccable taste people who write really long text replies give me the ick that's i've realized what my ick is and that's what it is people who just like write too many things as a reply that's a one sentence reply but you know what works though 
And why is this? You could write, because I'm the second option, right? You could write a huge big paragraph text of all those things or you could split them into one sentences, rattle them off really quick so that there's like five separate text boxes and it's not as weird as if someone writes a paragraph. Yeah, because you're not writing a novel. That's why. But it's the way you've delivered it. You are. All the information's there, but you've you've quick fire texted it off, five little text boxes. It hits different. It hits different to a paragraph. This is true because anytime I see a paragraph message come through, I'm like, TLDR. Did you don't even too read long, it. Didn't, I don't even read it. No, you. I, nah. I know because I used to try it. That's why I text rattle you <laughs> off. That's why I write one letter. If I want to say to Laura, like, I need you to come over, I have to write, I sent, need, you- <laughs> sent you. Because I have to hook her. I have to breadcrumb her yeah. to get the message to her. If it's not going to, like, really entice me, I'm not even going to read it. I need someone to, like, grab my attention. I'm, I'm a generation of what is – I'm not even TikTok generation. I was going to say I've got a short attention span. That's You're not, not even, even true. not even a TikTok No. I don't even – I can't even use it. I used it for, like, two weeks and I gave the fuck up. Okay. Give me one final one. Okay. Let's just go the whole hog. You want a one-nighter? Are you up for sex? Are you up? You know, the old are you up. Are you up for sex is a very direct question. That's like a yes or no answer. I'll be there in 10 or I'm no. Well, I started from like, I want you, you're sexy, whatever. And we've gone to like, are you up for sex? Are you up for sex? Here's a response. Yes. Exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. (laughs) Okay, too many twos and a. Smiley, love heart face, kissy, love heart face, little sweat drop like face. I'm totally up for some wild shenanigans tonight. Exclamation mark. (laughs) With you? Question mark. Come over and let's make a night to remember. I'll provide the popcorn and the cuddles. Who the fuck is having popcorn when they have sex? You provide the romance. But, but what about the... Question mark. But what about the with you? Like, with you, question mark. What are you going to say? Yeah, I'm up for sex. Not with you, though. <laughs> like, I might just go down the street and get some. But not with you. Sorry, definitely. You're Thanks not Thanks for type. asking. Yeah, just not you. Oh. I've got one more for you because I think it's important to give you like a variety of options, of as this uh, AI intelligence does. Yeah. Well, my dear... What would you like? <laughs> Question mark. I'm ready for whatever your heart desires. But is he saying like doggy, missionary, handstand? Why anal? <laughs> with my wild, holding with my wild butt hair. Let me just my maybe bring my husband. <laughs> oh, I think we can successfully say, do not use AI to flirt. Yeah, but the other thing I have a problem with this you is the last not. thing I want to say. Of course, you're not going to use it to flirt, but you're allowed to write on this thing. Are you up for sex? But you can't write. I want to do naughty things to you. Like I tried to put in some things that I would write. Like I was oh. like, I want to do naughty things to you. And Which, that doesn't allow it. Yeah, it says like er- like the computer literally can't compute. It's like error. This is too flirtatious. <laughs> error, error. Yeah, it literally writes back. If you write something that it deems as being too flirtatious or too sexual, it writes error. Please don't use inappropriate prompts. Which is unusual because it allows sex but not naughty because naughty can be such oh, like a multitude of things which to me makes me think it literally doesn't know how to flirt <laughs> like, like sometimes when i eat a whole cheesecake for dinner i'm like oh that was naughty yeah you can't do that <laughs> so like, yeah. you can't eat cheesecake you can't rub it on your private parts you can't do anything you with can't it sex with it apparently you cannot american pie it i don't know if any of this was very useful ideas or recommendations well at it's all. i think it's a bit of a probably what not to do at the moment but we we yeah. had to try and test it it's tried and tested yeah, right. Uh, but we say anybody... that it's not a good idea. Okay. Well, for those of you playing along at home that are maybe uncomfortable sexting, which everyone, even people that are comfortable sometimes get uncomfortable when you say something or start it or like, it can, I'm new... thinking about it now. It can make you feel a bit like, because especially because you can't see 
how it's landing. So you can't see their reaction or their face. Like if it's just texting you and you're like, was that hot? Was that sexy? Is that weird? Is that too much? I mean, I think it's also when you're very, it's the very first time you do it with someone new, right? Like once you've like got a bit of a rapport with someone, like if I was to sex Matt now, he'd just be like, what? Like, are you um, okay? But I wouldn't know? be nervous about sexting him. Do you know what I mean? But if it's a brand new connection, a brand new person that you're seeing mm-hmm. and you want to take it from flirtatious to sexting, I would love to know like, what is your go-to? What is your mm-hmm. like fail safe? line where you kind of use that to cross the threshold of flirtatious into sexting yeah because we i mean we're just here for you guys what's yours we are here to help you out oh i mean you put me on the spot i haven't thought about but we're here to help you out so if you guys do have like an opener that you know is fail safe to kickstart the sex it might be like grade one grade two you might go to grade 10 you might i want to taste you that could be a good one the way that i would start that chat is like way more innocently. So I would just start it with, if it's late at night in bed, I would just be like, I've been thinking about you all day. Because then it opens the door to be like, what have you been thinking about? But don't you think that that's just kind of like B-grade flirting? That's oh, like, no, it escalates, still there. it escalates quick. No, because it's that for me, that's the transition. That door, the flirting doors close then and the sexy doors open. If you're at, <laughs> if you're nighttime and, and you get into bed and you're like, or you just say, I'm getting into bed now. I've been thinking about you all day. Ching what you been thinking about? Well, yeah. wouldn't you like to know? Yes, I Tasting would like you. to know. That's why I asked you. <laughs> Tasting you. All right. Well, something I wanted to ask you, Britt, because the DMs were absolutely flaring after Tuesday's episode. Now, on Tuesday's episode, you spoke about a podcast that you have been well into. But not only did you speak about it, you just kind of breadcrumbed it. You didn't actually tell anyone the name of it yeah, but this or is give any more information on it. I, no, I actually did say the name of it, but I got it wrong. <laughs> it's because I dropped that I'd been listening to a podcast, but I said it just in a story. So I wasn't trying to tell you about the podcast, but the podcast was an incidental piece of information in my story. And I have never been inundated with more questions about what I was listening to. Okay. Well, what is the podcast you're listening to and the recommendation? So firstly, I apologize. I didn't mean to breadcrumb anyone. Soft launcher podcast. That was not what this was. (laughs) That we don't own and have nothing to do with. Um, This is not a soft launch of a podcast. But I'm loving it. Okay. So it is called The Lady Vanishes. It's a seven news podcast. So it's an Australian podcast. And it's there's probably like 80 plus episodes, which I really love because I hate nothing more than a TV series or podcast that ends too soon. You know, when you're like, I want more. What am I going to do now? So there's 80, 90 episodes or something. It's been going on for years. And a long story short, because it's a long story. Is it the same story that's yes. being investigated? It's one disappearance from a woman. I think it's been about 25 years long story short, like I said, this woman disappears. She goes overseas for a trip. She's got two grown-up kids. She says, I'm going, quitting my teaching job, going overseas for a little while. She's going to be back. It's a normal just like mum going overseas. Because it was so long ago, it was different then. She would send postcards home. We don't have, you know, the internet phones and GPS trackers and all this thing. And she disappears. She just never comes home. They've never found her. They don't know if she's alive. There's all these weird little incidences that happen. Like they think that maybe someone has some, something's happened to her and someone's impersonated her because she's still moving around. Well, she was still moving around for a little while in terms of they had her entering a country with a passport, but then it doesn't look like it's her. But then there were still postcards coming from her, but the handwriting might be different. It just got me really hooked because you're following this crazy disappearance. And the podcast, the whole podcast, it is a seven news podcast. So they have investigative journalists who are amazing at their job, but it's led by the daughter of the woman that disappeared. She has been fighting nonstop for 24 years. She's gone overseas to investigate. She's gone to the police. She's gone to missing persons. She's done. It's actually amazing how much she has done to try and find 
her mum or what happened to her mum. She still thinks she might be alive. This is not sponsored. That is my. <laughs> that is what I'm. Uh, I'm in at the moment. You all ask what it is. So the lady vanishes. If you want, but you're going to go deep. You've got to have a lot of time to commit to this. So if you want, go back and have a little listen and let me know what you think as you go. But that's what I've been vibing this week. Yeah. Well, I'm coming in with a recommendation as well, and that is because this is kind of important for you to watch ahead of an interview that we're doing in a couple of weeks' time. Mm-hmm. We're speaking to Kelsey Waghorn, and Kelsey is a survivor from the volcano eruption in New Zealand. So there is a documentary. It's on Netflix. If you haven't seen it yet, it is called The Volcano Rescue from Fakari. I mean, I watched it during the Christmas break. I made both Keisha and Britt watch it, and it is truly one of the most harrowing documentaries I've ever seen. But Kelsey and some of the survivors from that like catastrophic mm. natural disaster, I just found her so incredible to watch. I found her outlook and this process of recovery and the PTSD that she'd experienced. I really wanted to speak to her after I watched the documentary. So we are interviewing her and I think it would be so beneficial for all of you to watch the documentary first. All right, well, let's get into all of the questions, all the deep, dark and burning questions that you guys have been asking. I'm going to kick it off with this one. My best friend and bridesmaid just pulled out of my wedding, which is in three months time. She broke up with her ex in September last year. And prior to that, her ex and my partner became really close friends and would hang out together separately to our couple friendship. He even asked him to be a groomsman at our wedding too. That's kind of awkward. So when they broke up, both agreed that they would be able to make it work for our wedding this year in May. But time has passed and my best friend texted me on the weekend saying she is not coming because she doesn't want to ruin my day. And when we met to talk about it, she proceeded to tell me that I should have taken her side and stopped me and my fiance from being friends with him. I'm unsure whether I did anything wrong here and I am not sure whether I am a bad person for not choosing her side. Any advice you can give and should I remain best friends with her moving forward beyond my wedding since she abruptly said she isn't coming? Dun, dun, dun. Oh, there are so many layers to this. This is one big fat onion. It's hard to answer this because you don't know the whole story. You don't know why they broke up. The couple broke up. Should you have taken one side? Because it's very different. If you're in a relationship and your best friends as a couple are couples as well, and then you have an amicable breakup. So the four of you are great friends. If your friends then have an amicable breakup, it's really hard. You're not going to take one person's side, I think, because... I agree. Nothing happened. They were your friends. They both still are your friends. They're just not together as your friends. And relationships break down and that's not something to have to take sides about. Breakups are not side worthy unless something shit happened to cause the breakup. Well, then if it's an affair or there's some level of, you know, abuse or something big happened, it is different. I think then if you've gone and taken that person's side over your best friend, that's where the issue would lie. So it's hard for us to know that. You haven't given that information. So, Well, not even that they, she took the other person's side, just being neutral in those instances. Yeah. I think It like, sounds neutral. Yeah, like for me, for example, like say Matt and I broke up because I found out Matt was cheating on me and you were like, well, I'm going to remain neutral friends with both of them. I think I would find that hard that you didn't prioritize the hurt that I was feeling over the amicable friendship of both when it wasn't my decision to blow my relationship up. Like that would be really hard to stomach. I totally agree with you, Brit. I think that there's like lacking in information here because normally we wouldn't say that you ever have to pick sides. But if there is a motivating reason why she feels this way, then you that's kind of different. Yeah. You pick a side. But yeah. if, you and, if you and Matt just broke up, 
because you did you just were growing different directions. I'd probably stay friends with Matt and you. I would hang out with you more. But if Matt one if I saw him in the street and he's like, Wanna get a coffee and catch up, I'd be like, Yeah, okay. There's no reason not to. But if you if it's like a big cheating scandal, which it would never be, I'd be like, Don't even talk to me, brother. Like <laughs> Totally. But I also think that it's selfish as well. So if you are somebody who goes through a breakup and that breakup is really hard, but you pressure your friends to pick sides, knowing that your friend is also, you know, they've got their own relationship that is outside of the relationship that you have. That's a really selfish position to put someone else in. And we can't control who our friends are friends with. And I think prioritizing your hurt because of your relationship over your happiness for your friend's marriage is a really selfish way of approaching this. And I think that there's many layers here that as a bride or as the person getting married, I would be quite upset about the fact that it was a text message, not a not a conversation face-to-face. The fact that there hasn't been any sort of more conversation around like how can we negotiate this? Like how can we minimize the hurt but also have everybody involved in the wedding? It was just a simple like I can't possibly put myself in that position so I do not want to be a part of your wedding. That's going to have a long-lasting impact on the friendship. Yeah, I think at the end of the day a wedding – of course, everybody in an ideal world, everyone wants to be happy. The bride wants to make everyone happy. The bridesmaids in the party should be making the bride and groom happy. We don't live in an ideal world. At the end of the day, a wedding is about the bride and groom. And obviously, everyone wants to have a good time. But I think there's some things that some people might need to suck up for the day to make sure that the bride and groom have a good day. Now, I can only imagine this is obviously a hard situation for the bridesmaid because she doesn't want to see her ex-partner in the bridal party as well they don't have to be paired together they don't have to walk down the aisle together they don't have to dance together i think that in this situation this girl probably needs to show up for her friend the bridesmaid you Mm -hmm. don't have to even make eye contact with him if you don't want to you go there to be with your best friend to support her if it's really that bad leave halfway through the night like have the meals and that part you don't have to stay and dance till four in the morning if you don't want because i I think by that stage and i'm just trying to like meet both parties halfway here but i think pulling out of this wedding and making the bride feel really guilty i think in this situation that is a shitty maneuver on the bridesmaid okay playing devil's advocate here yeah right so what if as the bridesmaid she knows that yes i get it it is a shit thing to do But there is no way I'm going to be able to go to that wedding, be standing up alongside my best friend whilst my ex-boyfriend, who I was desperately in love with, is standing alongside the groom and not break down. Do you know what I mean? Like what if you – because I think it is important to have a real sense of yourself and a sense of boundaries, right? Mm -hmm. Like so what if you know I will stand up there and instead of it being about their happiness, it will become about my sadness and I do not want that to happen. Yeah, I think that that's also fine. But I think that needs to be a really sensitive face-to-face sit-down conversation where both parties are explaining their feelings, their reasons, their whys. They either are going to work out resolution or it'll be a really nice way of saying, I totally understand you can't come and it breaks my heart, but you've got to do what's best for you as well. I think like you mentioned before, it's the way that this went down. It's the text. It's not happening. You took their side. There was no conversation. There was no adult conversation. So I think that it's it's totally fine because at the end of the day, we all have to prioritize our mental health. If she knows that she's going to be in a situation that is just horrific and she physically cannot do it, then it is a really sensitive sit down with the bride. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think like sometimes these big things happen in life and 
you know, there, there isn't a way around them without them impacting the friendship. You know, you're saying like, can you continue to be best friends with her? That's up to you. Like it depends on how you feel, how you're able to manage the situation. Also how much empathy the two of you can have for each other. Yeah. Because like there are two people's feelings, like, there's actually four people's feelings in this. And I also do think that the last thing I want to add to it is that it's an unfair expectation to think that you have the capacity to tell your partner who he can and can't have in the bridal party. Because like, it would require you going to your partner and saying, you need to uninvite one of your groomsmen, which puts just an immense amount of pressure mm-hmm. on him to do that as well. So that's why having a conversation is so important around this, but also like trying to understand why and how you both feel about it. Weddings are stressful, man. All right. Mate, aren't they just? <laughs> All right, this is the question that just had me chuckling and thinking that I was the anomaly. My boyfriend of four years has just revealed that he does not, I repeat, does not wash in between his toes in the shower and he states that his feet just feel clean. He claims that no men wash between their toes. I religiously wash between my toes in every single shower and I thought that everyone does this. This came out because I caught a whiff of his feet one day and they absolutely stunk. Perhaps it was just that one time. But please help me settle this debate. Nobody washes between their toes. No one. Thank you. I have never washed between my toes. I, I mean, unless I'm getting a pedicure. Sh- I don't wash my shins. I don't wash my legs. Keisha's looking at us like you're fucking gross. No, no, for me. <laughs> Do you wash between your toes, Kish? No, I, that, I was looking at you guys like, is this something that I was supposed When you were reading out the question, I was like, am I supposed? Post no, be doing. I wash this. from my hair follicles to my vagina, and then nothing else. My legs, my thighs, my knees, my it just the soap runs down. Yeah, I, don't I even well, leather I, the thought like the thought. No don't one even... washes their thighs. Okay, no. I, this is controversial, right? The butt cheeks. Do you wash I your butt cheeks? I often don't yeah. lather yeah, my same. No, I don't lather my. <laughs> Let's think of it like the big Fuck pieces of land. No, the big pieces of land, like. The actual stomachs and the backs and the, the big arms. pieces of land. Yeah, and then we'll do like the little borders in between. I do all the folds. So like yes. underarms. Yeah. What? Well, yeah. Under boob. You lift the boob up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me it's residual wash, right? So I do all the important parts. We all know the parts that stink, the parts that need to be cleaned, the dirty, the parts that you know need to freshen up. The parts but, that get a good workout, hey Brit. Yeah, for me, yeah, <laughs> once a year. So for the rest of it, it's residual clean. So the body wash or the soap runs down the yeah. body with the water. That's the technique everyone uses. And it, it washes as it goes. So the legs, I've not ever scrubbed a leg unless I have been wrestling in the mud also once a year. I just don't do it. So for me, I think I don't want to say that this girl's on her own because I reckon other people might wash between their toes, but I think the toe washer might be the anomaly. I I would I mean, like, this seems like a really important poll. Let's poll it. I do not have any <laughs> visceral memories of sitting down in the shower and washing between my toes. So I'm going to say I've probably never done it. I have toes, like, touch. Th- like, I don't see how there'd be that much dead skin getting in between them. I don't know why his I feet are smelling. My, no, I'd wash my feet. No, people's feet smell right. If you're a, anyone that's certain shoes or socks or tradie or sweat, like, of course they're going to smell, but usually residual water's enough. I will only <laughs> scrub my feet. I love if- that you have a name for like residual water it's called residual it's runoff it's the runoff (laughs) it's the body runoff runoff. but i would only wash my feet at all properly if they are visibly dirty like if you know you've been walking around outside barefoot or whatever but if i just got home from a day with my slides on it's just residual for me i'm so glad we got to the bottom of that i'm I'm really grateful and and this was a truly important question i know that someone's losing sleep maybe she's got the ick about a boyfriend because of this how are you guys going to feel if we poll this though 
and we come back as the minority. Like a filthy bitch. <laughs> and I'm like, okay with that. Laura only washes her feet before she goes to bed. I do. In the, in the sink. But oh. I just put my foot into the sink and like give it a rinse. I don't specifically wash between my toes. Like I wash my feet. I don't wash between the toes. You have a foot bath. It's a specific. It's a foot bath. I okay, actually I, did that the other day and I thought of you, but it was because it was so hot before yeah. I went to bed. By the way, that's a good tip. Quickly yeah. jump in the shower and put cold water on your feet. It really cools you down. It's a real freshen up. I like mm. to do it before I go into bed every night, you know? I don't know. I just hate having dirty feet in the in the sheets. Well, because that's where heat goes, I'm head s- and feet. So if you are hot, you put water on your head and your feet. Okay. <laughs> I have a question here, and I did actually poll this one because I was very interested to know what is the general consensus as to how you go about this. Hit me. So I'm a single mum and I've been dating via Tinder for a few weeks now. I'm pretty new to it and I just want to know what is the normal level of sexting and photos, no face in the photos, that women are sending? So basically she wants to know about, you know, what people are sending in terms of nudes. I sometimes get carried away in the moment and just wanted to ask the brains trust, you girls, what others are doing. I worry I'll be identified or slut shamed for it. There are laws though, right? Is this just the norm of the younger generation? Thank you. I want to jump in quickly. Mm -hmm. So I put a poll up because I was like, look, you know, of course there's laws. We've spoken about it before. We've spoken about like maintaining your own identity and your your personal protection online, how important that is. We wrote about it in the book. Yeah, we've we've done a, a chapter in the book about it. We've definitely done podcast episodes on it. But I guess I interpreted this question of these are people that you're sexting, that you're sending nudes to, who you have not met in the flesh yet. Like they're people who are, it's still at that like, do I take it from flirtation to sexting to nudes? So I wanted to know, how many of you are actually sending nudes to people that you do not know, that you haven't met yet, that maybe you've been texting for a while, but you haven't actually formed any in real life relationships yeah. with? Yeah. And this is the poll. I basically said, do you send nudes to people that you have met on dating apps, but haven't met in real life? Mm. Only 10% of you said that you would send a nude to someone who you don't know. 90%. And this is like, there are thousands of you who answered this poll. 90% of you said that you wouldn't send a nude ever, regardless of whether the face is in it or not, to someone you don't know. And I think that that is a pretty clear indication on how carried away it may be safe to get in this sort of situation. I'm in that 90%. I would not send a nude to somebody that I don't know. Actually, the older I get... And the less nudes I want to send. Yeah. There's a multitude of reasons behind that. But <laughs> <laughs> things don't sit like they used to. It is a worry these days. Uh, not even these... Yeah, no, actually it is these days because back in the day there weren't the sharing platforms and you always hmm. had to worry that someone could show somebody. Relationships with anyone, family, a lover a partner, a husband, friends, they can change and they can change very quickly. So you could feel in a moment that you completely trust someone and you absolutely love them and they're your whole life and you're going to spend your life with them and they would never do the wrong thing. And let's hope that that's true. But situations change and people change. And that's something I've just learned along the way as well. So you are allowed to send nudes, absolutely live your your best life, but you just need to do it with the knowledge of where it could go, what it could end up with. And I think that's really important, Laura, that you went and did a poll because the question that this person's asking is, what are people doing at the moment? Are they sending them? Are they not? Yes, they are sending them. I would suggest you don't put your face in it and I would suggest you don't put identifying features in it. That is my suggestion. But if you still want to get all flirty and sexy, go for it. I would never do it with someone I don't know. I would only ever do it in a situation with somebody that I just absolutely trusted more than anything. Even then, for me... It's rare. 
I guess my one thing about this is, and it's not what you've implied or said, but when you said, you know, sometimes I get carried away, I just want to really want to like reiterate one point, which is getting carried away is fine. Feeling pressured because somebody is like, oh, but send me this. And there can sometimes be subtle pressure. There can be like a badgering that happens because the person on the receiving end is asking and you've said, oh, like, you know, you send something which is at a comfort level and it's not enough for them. So they badger for more. And because you don't want the flirtation to end, you can sometimes increase where you feel comfortable because you want to keep them engaged and keep them excited and keep the flirtation going. And all of a sudden you're sending stuff that you maybe two hours earlier didn't feel comfortable with, but you've evolved because of their persistence. I think it's really important when it's someone that you don't know and you haven't built a real life connection with, even if you have, like if someone's badgering you for more, be really conscious as to whether it's getting caught in excitement or feeling pressured, but wanting them to remain interested in you. And also I think, you know, depending on what you're after, I think we live in a very open and accepting world, but you do not know what that person on the receiving end is going to do with that information. So always prioritize over the sexual chemistry, over the excitement, always prioritize your own identity and your own safety. Yeah. And don't just do it because you think that's what everyone else is doing. I almost think it's de-evolving. Like, I think that nudes were a big fucking thing 10 years ago. I think people are becoming a lot more savvy to it and are sending less, more discreet, more creative, less explicit nudes. And that might be a generalization, but I think overall people's feelings towards nudes have changed. And I think that we are way more protective of ourselves these but days. But even to jump in because there's actually something that's just come a feature of WhatsApp. You know how on uh, like Snapchat you send a picture and it disappears? Instagram, you can set it so that it will disappear after either one play or like you've got the different options, mm-hmm. right? I think that there has been a decrease in people feeling comfortable to send photos that are proper photos. But from my chat with my girlfriends, there hasn't been a decrease in sending of photos where they disappear. So whether you like you can you get a notification if it's screenshots and to the point where WhatsApp only brought this out like a week or two ago. You can now send a photo that can only be viewed once. But in this, can't you still screenshot it? Like even if they get a notification, it doesn't remove the fact that they've still screenshot it. Like I don't want to know that you screenshot it. I want to know you don't have it. I believe because I just did it. It's screenshots blank. So Keisha, is this I'm on WhatsApp or on other WhatsApp. apps? WhatsApp. Keisha, I'm sending you a photo now. We're testing it. Ready? It's not my boob. Hang on. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sending Keisha a nude right now to make sure that this works perfectly for you all. Okay, hang on. I'm sending you a picture. Clicked it on to photo set once. Can you open it now? Just try and screenshot it. It's come up. It says here, screenshot blocked. It looks like you have tried to take a screenshot for added privacy. View once messages don't let you do that. Yeah, see? So you can. That is an amazing feature. You know I why? Really like that. Why? Because you've been tried sending nudes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I tried it out. I knew because I'm trying to be pretty sappy with it. So I, I did do a little test. Sent Ben a little nudie nudes. Yeah, sent him a little, made a little something something. And did he try and screenshot it and did you get a notification? Okay, guilty. I tried to screenshot him. It was just this, it, and it wasn't, a, it was not a penis. It was just him shirtless at training. He just looked hot. And I was like, wouldn't mind just keeping that. And then I was like, oh, and then he got the notification. He goes, did you screenshot me? And I was like, guilty. <laughs> I'm still like, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm like, well, yeah. babe, just send it to me. See, I, that. <laughs> <laughs> that to me actually makes me more comfortable with the idea that if I were to send something to someone that I was like just getting to know or in the early stages of flirting with or dating, like 
they are adding privacy measures, but also for the ones where you do get a notification, I think it then becomes about accountability where it's like, well, I know that you've done something that I wasn't comfortable with. If that got released, I know it was you. Yeah, you also just need to remember though that like this is all great. So being able to not take the screenshot is great, but I will tell you there is always a way. Like if somebody knows or is expecting, if you're sexting, right, and someone's expecting that photo to come and they've seen the disappearing photo, they can just get another phone. They can be with someone else that's got another phone. They can be like, mate, this is going to be hot. Let me open it. And I'm just like, I'm doing worst case scenario here. If someone intends to be malicious, there is a way for them to be malicious. And we often go into situations thinking that we can trust everyone, that they're, you know, that the trust that we have should be mutually reciprocated. And it just simply is not. So if someone wants to maliciously use something against you, they will find a way. And you have to be sure that what you're putting out into the world is something that you can be okay with if it's being used against you in some ways. And that's not, I just want to be clear though, because that's not to say that the person who's sending it has done anything wrong. It's just that we all have a responsibility to protect ourselves. Well, that is it from us and our Ask Uncut. If you have any questions for next week's episode, slide into the DMs, put Ask Uncut at the top and send us your conundrums. And I'm actually going to ask you all to go to the Instagram because this is probably the most serious poll we've ever had. Do you actually scrub between your feet? Because we're going to put that up and we'll... we'll <laughs> We need to know. Like, do I'm, we need to know? Yeah, I really do. Do you need to know? Because do I, I need to know if I need to start getting down there. Sure. Okay. <laughs> if it stinks, then go to town. All right. And also, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, jump on, hit subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. So that way, every single episode is waiting for you in your libraries. You won't miss a single one. And you know the drill. Don't forget to tell your mum, tell your dad, tell your dog, tell your friends and share the love because we love love. love.